Hey everybody, welcome to another Manly Musing segment for the Survival Show Podcast. I'm your host today, Mr. Craig Cottle, Director of Nature Reliance School, co-host of the Survival Show Podcast, riding solo, nobody in the co-pilot seat today, so yeah. Well, actually, I maybe should take that back because even when I'm sitting here by myself recording I know after I send this up the pipeline that Mr. Ben, our producer extraordinaire, is going to edit it and get it posted and all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes with that sort of thing. So not really ride solo by the time you hear it. A couple other hands in the mix trying to make this happen for you all. So we really appreciate Ben. Everybody in the background in podcast land, let's do this. Golf clap. For for Ben. We really appreciate what you do, Ben. Thanks for all the hard work. So with that said, uh, yeah, there has been a tremendous amount of time here in Manly Musings where I have shared just thoughts, deep thoughts. Remember, anybody remember Saturday Night Live back in the day where they had deep thoughts by Jack Handy? (laughs) It's, It's a silly segment, but sometimes I wonder if I'm uh, sharing my philosophy a little bit too much. I just like sharing my thoughts as a means of starting conversation. Not that I feel like I'm smarter or better than anybody, but I like to share some things and just get people thinking. And even if people disagree with me, they disagree with me publicly or privately, and you develop your own opinions based upon what I said. That's what I've been utilizing Manly Musings for here for quite some time. But as of late, I've been trying to utilize this time to share some more not necessarily left brain material as much as right brain material, some more educational focused stuff because quite frankly, I think our current situation, uh, the current state of affairs here in our country and across the world actually demand that I spend some more time offering some, some things and some help as best I can. And so that's what I'm going to do here today. Today, what I thought I'd dig into was personal and group security. Now, this is another part of the the booklet that I wrote called Vital Survival, which is going to be a course on Outdoor Core in the very near future. So you can be looking for that at Outdoor Core. We'll find a we'll find a discount code for our listeners here on the podcast. So thanks for joining us all over there in the near future. With that said, don't forget our sponsors in the description below. Our sponsors are Primarily right now, David's wanting to make sure we get some exposure from the MSK One Knife, and he should. Man, it's one of those projects, you know, you probably work on things at home or at work or somewhere where you've done a uh, a whole lot of work, and then you show the final product to somebody, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's nice, man. I really like it. That's cool. But they just really have no idea what it takes to get a project off the ground. Well, the MSK One Knife was one of those projects I've been... A little privy here and there. David shown me some ideas a long time ago, actually, on what he was considering. And um, he worked on this project quite a bit, uh, especially in the last few months. And so um, very thankful for him that he's worked his butt off to get that knife off the ground. So go check it out, man. It's a, You need to get in there and check that website out. David does David's thing with the website and videography and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's a beautiful project. So... Go over there and check that out. But let's get into personal and group security as it relates to us in the world today. 
what I mean by that is I wanted to just go over, you know, about 10 things that I think are worthy of consideration. We'll see how our time goes and if I can get into all these. If I can't get into all these in a, an acceptable amount of time, then I'll break this into two. So it's personal group security is you just being able to take care of yourself. You know, I'm a big fan of doing what is referred to as being left of bang. That's a comment. That's a statement. That's a way of describing something the United States Marine Corps did many years ago where they developed some battlefield observation awareness skills for United States Marines. And uh, there was there's a I don't know if it was an informal word for the Marine Corps or not, but a couple of Marines wrote a book called Left of Bang. Highly recommend that book. Highly, I highly recommend that book. Pick it up. Check it out. It is a fantastic text on, you know, from a battlefield perspective, when the bang happens, if you've not already been doing something, then it's too late. Uh, you have to be reactive on the right side of the bang after the bang happens. So, that's what I like doing is trying to get prepared before an event happens so that you're ready. So the big thing to understand from my perspective is that physical assault is going to happen in a couple ways. This is point number one. And the two primary ways that we need to be most concerned with are what are called ego-based assault or uh, basically surprise and predator-based assault. So ego-based assault is where, you know, road rage gets the best of you. You get out of the car or something, you swing a gun around and somebody shoots you. You know, somebody runs you over with a car, something of that nature. Uh, you just don't, you, you just let your mouth run and it gets out ahead of you and then somebody pays you back for letting your mouth run. So predator-based assault, well, let me say this, ego-based assault can be controlled by controlling your ego. It's that simple. Just stay in check. Stay, keep your ego in check, people. Keep it in check. And I'm noticing that this is, people are losing their minds. You know, I live in small town America. In, in central Kentucky and people are from my observation just they're just on edge there's just so much that is happening that people are on edge and we've got to take a step back from it you all just we have to take a step back from it control your ego number two is predator-based assault and one of the best ways to avoid predator-based assault is to keep your head up and pay attention to your surroundings don't get focus locked. Don't pay attention to the phone so much that you don't see that somebody's coming up behind you or hear or see somebody around the corner. If you're out exercising, you're paying attention to where people could grab you. Um, it's not a life that you live in paranoia. I'm not wanting people to live that sort of lifestyle because it's easy to do. It's just leading a very more prepared and aware so, uh, sort of life rather than one of paranoia. If you don't really start, if you don't normally pay attention to what's going on around you on a daily basis, as you start doing it on a regular basis, you'll feel, you'll feel awkward about it. You'll feel paranoid, but the more you do it, the more it becomes rather natural. So from my perspective, self-defense as it relates to actually getting physical with somebody or being in the need of getting physical with somebody has three components to it. And those three components are surprise, speed, and a violence of action. And what I mean by that is if somebody's going to be aggressive to you and you need to defend yourself, I want to be real clear, we need to defend ourselves, then the way that we're going to win that situation is, number one, we're going to surprise them. We surprise them by not being a victim. Never be a victim in a self-defense situation. If somebody's physically aggressing you, now there's some, there's some ways to verbally 
somewhat verbally be a victim at times. And that's probably a discussion for another day because it is one that is at length. When when are you verbally a victim? And what I mean by that is not necessarily the victim as much as I mean the gray man. When are you not a target? If you're a hard target, if you're walking around as a tactical Timmy, then you're not surprising anybody. And if you're not familiar with this term tactical Timmy, what I mean by you're walking around with 5'11 pants with Merrill Moabs on and... You've got an operator's belt, operator cap, and you got a, a bulge on the side of your right hip where or appendix or something of that nature, and it's just obvious that you're walking around carrying a gun. Don't be a hard target like that. Be a soft target. Be a gray man. If you're going to carry a firearm for self-defense, then just, you know, people know that you've got a firearm and you're going to utilize it for self-defense after you've pulled it and you shot them in the face with it. So that is my perspective on it, not Pulling a gun and using it as a tool of of dominance is not the way your typical person, your average ordinary person, civilian, should be utilizing a firearm. May, there's times for that for a police officer, without a doubt. There's times for that for a combatant. But for somebody in the normal world, you practice drawing, practice that draw stroke, you pull and you fire. That's That's how most of those situations will probably happen. So surprise... Same thing for unarmed defense. You know, if somebody's going to be aggressive to you, then when you hit them, you're going to hit them with surprise. You're just going to go for as hard and as fast as you go. That's where speed comes in. And then the last is violence of action. When I mean violence of action, what I mean is that you have to give them an overwhelming amount of violence to get away from the fight. Sometimes that means that you're in a situation where you've got to, you've got to put the hurt on somebody because they're going to come back and get you immediately. Sometimes that means you put enough violence on somebody that all you have to do is be able to get away, and once you get away, you're going to be safe. That's something you have to determine in the moment. That's something you have to determine paying attention before a situation happens so that you're ready for it. But those are the three things, surprise, speed, and violence of action. Another, another thing that I like to think about as far as being proactive, and this is point three, is that, at all times, you must protect your head. And so think about the uh, what a lot of defensive tactics instructors and people that do what I do. Uh, I don't do a whole lot of training like that anymore. Uh, I do more field rural operations training with law enforcement than I do tactics anymore. But I did quite a bit. And one of the things that we would talk about is the, is the thinking man stance. You know, you have your arms folded by your by your are in front of your chest and you have one hand up by your ear. Usually, from my perspective, I think it should be your left arm, like the thinking man's tank. You're sitting there stroking your chin like you're thinking with your hand near your head. Classic thinking man stance. What that is is actually a stance that puts your left arm up near your head because most of the attacks that are going to come as a strike will come from a right hand because more people are right-handed than left-handed. And that way you've got your hand up to protect your head. You want to have your hands as close to your head as possible without it being obvious that you're walking around protecting your head. So if you get in a confrontation verbally with somebody and you can see it's it's going the direction of south, then do everything you can to talk your way out of it. But get those hands up. Don't have them in your pockets. Don't have them down by your side. Get those hands up. Now... For those that do firearms training, this is not a this is not a podcast for you all. You all know how to handle yourself for firearms training if you've had a good firearms instructor. So that might be a little bit different for you. 
but at the very least you want to be able to protect your noggin because even if you're even if you got a sidearm on firearm even if you're carrying that if you get hit upside the head you may or may not be able to draw that weapon so it's better to defend yourself and draw in the fight than it is to to get hit so number four is we want to talk about the tools that we have on us at all times uh, it's what i call the five tools that all of us carry each and every day with us that are tools for self-defense that's your head your hands your elbows your knees and your feet and so these are tools that you can utilize to strike people to get them off of you these are tools that you can utilize to defend yourself and the reason I like to point these out is because, again, these are tools that everybody carries with them at all times. Okay. Head. You can yell things. You know, I always recommend to women to yell rape because rape is a word that we don't use on our everyday basis. And so it brings a lot of attention. People listen to that word more than they do help. Uh, you can use your head. If you're going to get hit, and then put your forehead right into where you're going to get hit because that's a very hard part of your noggin. And that's a good chance if somebody hits you in the forehead, it's probably going to hurt you, but it's probably going to break their hand. And so you're more likely to catch that in the forehead and be okay more so than they are. So statistically, that's not a bad option for you. Hands. You know, for the same reason, I tell people, unless you're trained extensively in utilizing your fist to strike somebody, to not use your fist. And here's why. Because you're going to break your hand, just like I just mentioned. So what I do recommend people use their hands for is use what's, what's you know, the base of the palm to strike because that's real powerful. It lines up with the bone structure of the arms, and so you don't injure yourself. Uh, the other one is to actually make a what looks like a fist and then use the pinky side. And we call that hammer, hammer fist. So you're making that fist and you're hammering people, striking down on them rather than striking through them. Totally different perspective with how to use the hands. And this way you're using the bottom hand that's got a lot of meat to it rather than striking with your fingers, which are pretty much just bone. So that saves your hands. I say that because when you break your hand, it's hard to defend yourself and move forward. Elbows are next. Elbows are game changers, you all. Game changers. When you strike somebody with an elbow, it's probably happening because you're in close proximity. And if you put your hip into it, that's that's the blow that's going to knock somebody's head off their shoulders. And it works. It works well. Um, think about this from being on the ground perspective, too, is that if you're going to be in a ground perspective, then, and, and here's what, I, you know, I'm, I'm typically a really... Well, I am. I try to be a really nice, uh, soft guy. Uh, I can be direct at times, but if it comes down to self-defense, then I'm not going to be nice at all. So I talk about these things, and I don't usually talk like this on the podcast, so it may seem a little bit counter. But if, if I'm going to be on a fight and I'm defending my life or somebody that I love and defending their life, then I'm going to hold somebody's head down and elbow them. Because what happens is that when I elbow you and your head's bouncing, then there's a lot of shock there, and your brain is gets the opportunity to to recover. However, if I've got your head held down on the ground and I elbow you, then your brain can't, and almost immediately your brain will make you pass out, make you go unconscious. And so if, if I'm finding somebody and they're unconscious, cool, I'm done. I'm done here. I, I can get away. I can leave. And so it's one of those things that, again, is a high amount of violence of action 
that nobody wants to do. I don't want to do that. I don't find joy in doing something like that. But if it helps me get a fight over quickly so that I can get away and get to safety, then that's what I'm looking for. So knees are next. Knees are the elbows of the legs, right? I mean, they're incredibly powerful. You knee somebody in the groin, male or female, they're not going to like it, and they're not going to like it at all. And so that is going to be an, a really effective tool. Another very effective tool if you fall down on the ground, particularly if you're on top. And when you're on top, you're kneeing people in the side, anywhere, basically. Um, but uh, knees are effective tools. And feet are, feet are really useful. But, you know, here's the problem. They're just like the hands. They're more susceptible to breakage. And the big part for me that's problematic is that the feet, when you pick one of your feet up to kick, then you're very unbalanced and you're likely to fall. And going to the ground, despite what a lot of martial artists like to say, is not where you want to be. You want, you want to be up. You want to be off the ground. And that way you can exit the situation whenever you can. Wow, I didn't know that this would go like this. We're already at 17 minutes. Let's go ahead and split this in two. Here's what I want you to do. Uh, in part two, what I'm going to come back, I, I've talked about the first four things, and this last, this last number four has the five tools that I think are necessary for self-defense that everybody carries around with them. And what I'll do in part two is I'll start off talking about the five vulnerable areas of the human body. And so you're thinking, where should I hit people if you're new to self-defense? Where should I hit people for this violence of action that, I, that Craig's talking about? I'll discuss that in part two. So when I come back, we'll start with that, and then we'll carry on with this top 10 list. So thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. Again, check out our sponsor down below, MSK One Knife. Fantastic website. It's so cool, man. I love, I love, it's kind of like art form, seeing what David can do with these knives and this website. So go check it out. It's very much worth the time for you to go looking. Very much your money. If you want to pick one of those up, if that meets your budget, then jump on it, son. Jump on it. I'll do what I can to figure out David can give me a discount that I can throw at you all here on Manly Musings. I bet I could talk him into it. We'll see, we'll see what happens. So keep listening in. Uh, Probably not in part two, but next week I'll see if I can find a discount for you all. Come on. No. <laughs> I was getting ready to do my sign-off for my videos at Nature and Life School. Come on, join in. Let's learn together. <laughs> Thanks for your patience with me, y'all. I've got a lot of stuff going on. Keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp. <laughs>